Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Again, usually my wife is up here to welcome you. She is in Franklin at another volleyball weekend. So um, she sends her love. She, she wanted me to make a very strong point to tell you that she misses you. And uh, if y'all remember from last week, I miss her. Uh, but she does sense her love. She's praying for us this morning. Um, let me just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just surrender to you. We just come under your authority of your word, your spirit, and just ask you, Lord, just to speak to us that word that we're needing, um, that word that's going to help us get over the hump, but, Lord, that word that's going to help us to grow and to move from um, the wrong situation into the right one. You are with us. You would never leave us. And, Lord, we just acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your Holy Spirit. And I just ask right now that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us this morning uh, into truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We've been in Hebrews for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I told you guys last week that I'm going to camp out here in Hebrews 6 um, for, si- for six weeks. Uh, Just to give you a heads up, some people like to know where we're going. Those of you that don't like to know where we're going, just plug your ears, spoiler alert. Six weeks, we're going to be here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Um, Let me just read it. Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, I have been so taught in my own um, schooling, my own... um, growing in ministry and in the Word, that when you see a therefore, I can't pause. I mean, I can't just keep reading. It's well, You have to ask the question, what is it there for? And if you go back and read Hebrews 1 through 5, you realize um, that a lot's been laid out before we got get to this Scripture. Um, I'm just, in essence, going to say it talks about how we need to move from the elementary things to the more important things. And, but, but I don't want to take for granted that we've got the ordinary, not the ordinary, the, the milk, we, that we've got the milk all handled, that we've got the basics handled. So that's why we're going to spend six weeks here on Sundays, as well as going in depth on Wednesday nights on these areas, so that we can lay these foundations and move on. This scripture is telling us, get the foundation laid and move on. Don't stay here. Don't live here. You're not supposed to live here on this. You're not not supposed to live just with a foundation. You're supposed to build a house on that foundation. But yet you continue to rebuild the foundation. Um, That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build the foundation and then everything we do be filtered through what's below us. Right? We need foundation filters. But we don't need to be rebuilding the foundation every single week, every single year. We need to move on. Okay. Therefore, if you remember, it talked about Jesus is our high priest and everything that went before in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of, and here comes these points, repentance from dead works, Faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. 
And this we will do if God permits. Now, I have sometimes wondered what that last statement meant. Um, And I want to say, I I want to feel like it's like a teacher saying, you can move on to the next grade. So we need to move on to the next grade, but before we do that, we need to pass the foundation test and be able to move on. God's wanting us to move on, but he's also saying, I'm not going to let you move on if you're not ready. Right? The worst thing you could do is send a kid on to the next grade if they're not prepared. All they'll do is struggle the rest of their life not understanding. Right? So it's our job to get the foundation laid and to build on it. I'm going to reiterate You cannot build these six foundations in a 30-minute sermon once a week. You will not go out and build a foundation to a home 30 minutes one day a week. It would take a lifetime, and you would wind up maybe with the foundation, maybe not. Codes keep changing. Life keeps changing. And if you've not finished, they'll make you redo it. Anybody here ever had to redo their foundation? Stay with me, church. There is something happening. A, a, the tide has turned. Um, if you're brand new, what a great day for you. If you're brand new here. If you're not brand new, what a great day for us. Because the tide is turning. Wednesday night, this last Wednesday night, was an incredible evidence of the tide turning. We didn't have enough seats. We didn't have enough room. We did have enough food. I think that was just by the grace of God and by great planners uh, that are working back there. But something is happening. Wednesday nights, I'm going to be touching on these every Sunday for the next six weeks, just briefly summarizing them. But on Wednesday nights, we're going to be breaking these down in small groups uh, until we get through all six. So I want to encourage you, come. You eat at 6 o'clock. We're having, uh, what are we having? Fried chicken. No, fried chicken. Hashtag mashed taters. Mac and cheese, green beans. What was that last one? Cornbread. You ain't getting my cornbread. Gravy. Did you hear that? (laughs) That wasn't me. It's usually me always chiming in for the gravy. Me and Jerry Clark. Uh, We put gravy on everything. That's the southern thing to do. Um, So, Wednesday night, fried chicken. If you want a different option, we'll have grilled chicken. We'll also have lettuce uh, for the the healthy people. Um, But for the spiritual people, we got fried chicken. Somebody say amen. Amen. There we go. Okay. So now that we all feel good, you kind of need a repentance. It's not that, man, this is, in in my humble opinion, this one is a biggie. This one says victory to me. If you will allow this to sink in and if you will begin your quest of learning these six steps. This is your job to take what we, what, what, I, what, I, what I feel like the Lord is trying to give you a little taste of. Now go home and start working on repentance. Repentance in the Greek 
Let's just define it. Is this word um, metanoin? That's probably so wrong, but I'm not Greek. Um, but what does that mean? This Greek word has one definite meaning throughout the history of the Greek language, all the way into the New Testament Greek, and it basically means one thing. It means, let's hit this again, to change one's mind. Do you know that that's one of the hardest things to do? Couples get married hoping the spouse will change. Every day, couples get married thinking they'll change. One of the hardest things in life is changing your mind. I'm not trying to say that this is easy. It is hard to change one's mind. Thus, repentance in the New Testament is not an emotion. It's a decision. I can decide to change. And now that we know this, it dispels a lot of false impressions and ideas that is connected to repentance. So many people uh, associate repentance with emotion or the shedding of tears. But I want you to know it's possible for a person to feel great emotion and shed a lot of, a lot of tears and never repent. Tears do not mean repentance. Other people associate repentance with the carrying out of special religious rites or ordinances, or if, for lack of a better term, doing penance. But here, too, the same applies. It's possible to go through many religious things and ordinances and never repent in the scriptural sense. True repentance is a firm inward decision, a change of mind. True repentance is a firm inward decision. It is a change of mind. If we go to the Old Testament, we find that the word most commonly translated to repent literally means to turn, to return, or to turn back, meaning I was going in this direction. I stopped. I made a decision, and I turned, and I returned. Do you follow this? This is in perfect harmony with the meaning of repentance in the New Testament. This New Testament word is an inner decision, an inner change of mind. The Old Testament word uh, denotes an outward action, which is the expression, now follow me, which is an expression of the inward change of mind. An outward action which is an expression of the inward change of mind, the act of turning back or turning around. So the New Testament emphasizes the inward nature of true repentance. The Old Testament emphasizes the outward expression of an inner change. I'm going to show you this in just a second. We're going to put this all through Scripture, and you're going to understand it. Putting the two together, I'm going to give you a definition. Repentance is an inner change of mind, resulting in an outward turning back or turning around to face and to move in a completely new direction. Are you with me so far? Okay. 
So a perfect, I think a perfect example of repentance, repentance defined this way, is in the story of the prodigal son. Now, I do not want to assume you know this story, but you need to go back and read the story of the prodigal. It's in Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. I'm not going to read it today. I don't have enough time. That's your part. You get instruction. God gives you instruction, then you go follow it out. Okay, it's not enough what's happening right here this morning. You've got to go dig. But here in Luke 15, we read about how the prodigal turned his back on his father and left home and went to a distant land. And there he wasted his entire inheritance living a life of sin. Right? He went to his dad, said, I want my inheritance. The dad gave him half of what he had, and he left to live, to live a wild living life. He got out from under home and his father and took off. It's what we do to God the Father. But Scripture says that he eventually, now listen to me, church, it says that he came to himself. It literally says that he came to himself. He was hungry. He was lonely. His clothes were all nasty. He was laying in the pig pen, eating the pig's leftovers, and he thought, it's better at home. Even if I was a servant in my daddy's home, I would eat better than this. And it says that he came to himself. He was longing for more, and he made a decision. Look what it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 18. He says, I will arise and go to my father. Now, he's still laying in the pig pen. He hasn't done anything. But he has said to himself, I will get up and return. And then he rehearses what he's going to say to his father. I only wanted you to see the first part. I will arise and go to my father. But then in verse 20, if you, if you flip in your iPhone or if you flip in your pages to verse 20, it says, he arose and came to his father. So I want you to see that, the, that an inward thing happened within him where he made a decision and then outwardly he did it. This is the perfect example of repentance. Those of you that are battling with some type of sin or maybe like even alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, you've got to come to a point of saying, I have a problem. And I want to stop. Now saying it and doing it are two different things. It's still good to come to that point to say it, but you need to get up and do it. That's true repentance. Repentance is not enough just to say it. It is the act of taking your decision and acting it out. That's faith. He says, I will arise and go to my father. And then it says later in verse 20, he got up and he went. So first is the inward decision, then the outward act of the decision of turning back to the father and going home. Every person sitting here this morning, every man that was ever born has turned their back on God, his Father, and on heaven, his home. And each step he takes is a step away from God and away from heaven. And as we walk that way, the light, I wish I had a, a visual to where I had a, a spotlight right here pointing on me. 
because here's God in heaven and home, but as I'm going this way, the light's behind me, my shadows are cast in front of me, and I continue to get further and further away from the light. It gets darker and darker the further I go until my shadows get so long until I'm in pure darkness. Can you see that? Until I recognize something's off. Now, the way that I recognize that something's off is by the Word of God. The Word of God tells me what's off. It's the Word of God that says, I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed and not beneath. I should be healed and not sick. I should overcome, not be, uh, can I, this is a dumb word, undercome. I should be overcome. I'm an overcomer. Not an undercomer. I'm an overcomer. But right now, I feel like, an, that's so stupid, I'm even using a non-word, an undercomer. I feel like an undercomer. Is that a word? It's not, is it? Okay, it's my word. Whoever said that. Thanks, Pete. <sighs> my son. You're going away from the light. Come to, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's dark. I'm scared. I have fear. I, don't, I can't see. I don't know where to go. I have no direction. I'm lost. Word of God tells me I'm not to be lost. I'm found. I'm, I am a child of God. We sang it all. We, we, do you know why we sang that one lyric 42 times? I am a child of God. Because you forgot. You're standing in darkness. Church on the hill, you're standing in darkness. And we do this over and over and over to maybe connect. I'm a child of God. I will arise. I will turn. You know what I need to do? I need to arise and return to the Father. That's what I need to do. Now, I have to. And I start coming back into the light. Literally, back into the light. Each step the wrong way is a step to the grave, to hell, never-ending darkness. But when I turn, I turn back into the light. Do you know light is hope? Light gives direction. Light gives warmth. Light gives peace. That only starts, that's the first step of the sinner's turn, uh, return is by repentance. We must turn. The first essential act that we see even here in Hebrews chapter 6 is repentance. It's the first move that a sinner must make who desires to be reconciled with God. The first message that Christ himself preached after John had prepared the way before him is in Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. And after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What's our command? Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. This is Jesus saying, Repent and believe in the gospel. The first command from the lips of Christ was not to believe, but to repent. First repent, then believe. 
Then after his death and resurrection, when Christ was commissioned to his apostles, to go, commissioning his apostles to go out to all the nations with the gospel, once again, his message was to repent. Luke 24, then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Again, his first, his first point is repent. Then after his resurrection, the apostles through Peter began to fulfill this commission of Christ. After the Holy Spirit's coming on the day of Pentecost, the convicted, the convicted but still unconverted multitude asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? To this question, this was the answer in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's first? Repent. I feel like you're sitting there thinking, man, I know this. The problem is when you fall off the wagon, you don't do it. You try to get back on the wagon on your own. And you're getting drug, dragged, drug, whichever one. <laughs> I don't think Pete heard that. Hang on. We fall off the wagon and we try to get back on our, on our own. Church, this is what we're trying to get away from. When you fall off the wagon, repent and get back on. Don't live there for weeks. Get back on the wagon. What's the wagon? The foundation wagon. You've fallen off the foundation, get back on it. Don't go, go back and have to relearn it. Don't go back to your mentor and say, I've got all this problem. No, repent and get back on the horse. This is the point, that we move on from these six things. And I live my life with this filter. It doesn't mean that through my life I'm not going to need to still experience walking through these foundations. No, when I hit it, I apply it. Because I have some math in my life, when I hit a thing that needs an equation, I don't go back and relearn it. I remember it and apply it. That's probably not completely accurate. I don't remember it. And I get Justin. If y'all didn't know, Justin's our math guy. But I got Justin. Yeah. Uh, that just undercut everything I'm teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Repentance. Church on the hill. Repent and move on. If you're not repenting, you're in trouble. You're in bigger trouble than whatever mountain you're facing. That mountain you're facing is not your problem. It's your sin. Church, this is to the church. This isn't to unbelievers. This is to the church. Your problem is not what you're facing. Your problem is not your health report. Your problem is not your financial situation. Your problem is not your marriage. Your problem is your sin. And the wages of sin is death. Death. 
and darkness and separation from God. But the fix is so easy. And it's not. To change your mind is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is not easy. At the same time, it is. Christ's gift to us on the cross Easy is not the word. By the grace of God, it's there for our taking. And I just have to take it. Does it mean dying to yourself? Yes. That's not easy. Repentance first, and then baptism. And then Paul spoke to the elders of the church at Ephesus. And he, it says here again in Acts chapter 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what's got to come first? Repentance. You've got to deal with your sin before you come to God. Church, it's, it's Christianity 101. We get forgiven and cleaned up from our sin and make it made us right with God so that we can be in the presence of God. Repentance first, then faith. Basic foundation doctrine of the Christian faith is repentance first from dead works, then faith. Without exception, throughout the New Testament, repentance is the first response to the gospel that God demands. Nothing else can come before it. And nothing else can take its place. Churches today simplify the gospel by just saying only believe. But it's wrong. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Christ preached it. His apostles preached it. God himself in Acts 17.30 commands every man everywhere to repent. All men everywhere must repent. Hebrews 6.1 talks about repentance from dead works. Acts 20 verse 21, it talks about repentance toward God. That means in the act of repentance, we turn away from our dead works and face toward God, ready to hear and obey his next command. I had somebody... Uh, significant person in our church come up to me and just say, something's changing, something's moving, the Spirit of God is here, where we're going is right. I believe, it's, I, I believe we are going in the right direction unless we stop here and don't push through. So, uh, Cody, are you still in here? Cody, will you come up and play? And who, uh, who, who, Jen, you can come up and sing with him or whatever. Rita, will you come up and just play with him? These people don't know what I... Rita hates it when I... Put, drop a bomb on her like this, but just come up and play with him. Just do the best you can. That sounds like she's not great. She's awesome. She's awesome. Will y'all stand up with me? And I'm going to ask you where you sit just to bow your head. And I'm going, to tell, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you right now that the Lord God commands you to repent. 
If you consider yourself a Christ follower, then it is time to repent. I want you to just close your eyes. Ask the Lord to show you some things that that need to be dealt with. And church, get free of it. I'm not here to play games. I'm here to do what God's called us to do. We're not here to be a social club that sings good songs and preaches positive messages. We're here to get on board with what God's doing and to allow the Spirit of God to really change us. You're praying for breakthrough. I want you to know the first step is repentance. You're praying for increase in your finances. You're praying for favor over your job. You're praying for health over your body. You're praying for your kids to get get set free. The first step is you repenting. We're just going to sing. I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to say the altars are open. You can stay where you are. But let's just sing for just a minute. And I want to give you a moment to really have a heart-to-heart with the Lord.